eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast, season 2, episode 31, Cubs Pin the Padres. Don't forget to listen, download, review, most importantly, subscribe to our podcast, and to follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and Fly the W on Facebook, or email us at flythew670gmail.com. Crowley, happy Thursday. What a week. Yeah, yeah you know, it was, uh, it was a, a great series. I was at Wrigley last night. It was mighty chilly. I, I have now thawed out, and I'm ready to talk some Cubs baseball. All right, well, let's uh, before we talk about <laughs> game one, or game two, rather, let's talk about game one. That's when uh, Justin Steele was on the mound, Blake Snell was going for the Padres, and this was the game that you and I felt most comfortable with when we previewed this series late last week. Yeah, so the Cubs took this one six to nothing, and just some key takeaways from the game. Justin Steele continues to dominate. He went 5.1 innings, three hits, zero runs, two walks, and five Ks. So Dustin, that's 12 straight starts, allowing two earned runs or fewer. He has the best ERA since the 2022 All-Star break. You take a look at the names that I just put up here. Justin Steele since the 2022 All-Star break, 108 ERA. Justin Verlander, 151. Dustin, your guy, Jose Quintana, 167. And <laughs> Zach Gallion at 178. But Verlander and Quintana haven't even pitched in 2023 because of injury. So yes. if you take a look, I mean, it's almost like a full run better than anybody else since the All-Star break in 2022, and that is really, really good to see. It's really great to see. The other part, Crowley, that's great about this is homegrown talent, right? Something that the Cubs have been beat up about, and rightfully so, but this is homegrown talent. Absolutely, and and, and there's going to be more of that coming. So the other key takeaway that I was looking at here is Jan Gomes. Before the game, Jan Gomes had reached safe base safely in each of his last seven games with hits in six of them, including four multi-hit efforts. Jan went four for four with a two-run home run in the second and an RBI single uh, in the eighth. He also threw out a runner in last night's win, his third caught stealing in as many attempts. He's the first Cubs pitcher to have four-plus hits, including a home run and catch a runner stealing since 
Henry Blanco, a.k.a. Wow. Hank White, did it in July 24th, <laughs> 2005. And Hank White, huh? <laughs> Hank White, absolutely. And he is, at the time, at game, after game two, he was the only qualified catcher in the majors who has yet to give up a stolen base. So when you take a look at Jan Gomes, he's doing all the things that I said. When I said let Wilson walk, and everybody literally was angry with me, I said they want a guy that can call a game, a guy that's going, you know, did I expect him to, to, to hit all these home runs? No, I did not expect that. No, I don't but, think anybody did. I, you, you know, and Jan, it was funny. Jan got, Jan got a little, uh, you know, kind of funnily was uh, with uh, Taylor McGregor. Oh, what, you doubted me? Right, but 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 the thing I'm seeing, think about this: at a time when everybody's stealing bases, right? Two disengagements, bigger, bigger, bigger pillows that you got out there. All this stuff, they're not running on him. Nope. They're not running on him, and and so that tells you something about what he's doing. And and just looking at the way that the Cubs are performing with him behind the mound, it is just absolutely phenomenal. I think he's just doing a really, really great start. Look at this stat here, Dustin. We were talking about Justin Steele. Justin, this is from Jordan Bastion. Justin Steele now has a 140 ERA with 70 strikeouts and 15 walks in 58 career innings with Jan Gomes behind the dish. That's that seems like talking. a connection right there, right? That that seems that seems like a connection. I, you know, going back to really quickly, and we had uh, Ron Coomer on today with the uh, Mully and Haw show instead of Friday this week because of the uh, NFL draft, this little story that's going on in, in sports, Crowley. I know you're not Haven't concerned heard. about it. Um <laughs> But Coomer's ready to move off. Coomer's done talking about Wilson Contreras. Huh. Wishes him no disrespect, but he's like, that, that, that ship has sailed, that ship has moved along. But I don't think any of the Cubs pitchers went to bat, pun intended, for Wilson Contreras when management was trying to decide what to or not to do with him. Right. And, and, and trust me, I was somebody that wanted to sign Anthony Rizzo. I wanted them to re-sign Chris Bryant. I'm not going to lie, but the one guy I was fine with them letting walk was Wilson Contreras, and in, and again, it's a short sample size, but I, it's what I'm what I'm seeing out there. And when I watch the games, and I see the way that he frames, and the way that he receives the ball, and and just the way that he interacts with the with the pitchers, th- th- there's a lot to it. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, and I think that Jan Gomes. Yeah, it's not the flashy. Guy. It's not the flashy stuff, right? It's not the stuff that makes Sports Center. It's not the stuff that makes Twitter. It's not the stuff that makes uh, Instagram or TikTok. People aren't people aren't going to go out and buy. Jan Gomes jerseys or t-shirts unless you're an aspiring catcher right so that's that's the difference you're totally right it's the little things that don't don't necessarily show up in the box score absolutely and another important thing that comes out of this game is Nico Horner he had a three-run triple in the eighth to blow it open that triple kept his 20 game on base streak alive Nico is slashing 347 390 870 so again trying to calm myself down a little bit but Man, I mean, I expected him to have a good season. This is this is beyond my expectations for this start here. Right, and it's almost like the uh, the extension, the contract extension, like unlocked him. Right, like maybe he was grinding on that, worried about his future, and now he's got nothing to worry about. Knows where he's going to be for at least the next four years, and uh, he is playing unbelievable baseball right now. Now, the, the last thing I want to talk about from game one is the bullpen. Alzheimer, Leiter, Thompson, Rucker all pitched scoreless innings. Thompson had two walks, and I'm, I want to get to that as a key point to, to the game today. But the walks for Keegan is part of a disturbing pattern, and sooner or later that's going to come bite him in the ass. I'm getting a little bit nervous on that. <laughs> but here's the thing. With that 6 nothing win, that was the fifth shutout by the Cubs pitching staff 
tying the franchise records for the most shutouts in the first 22 games of the season. So tying the 1969 team, the 1907, and the 1902. And we still got a couple games left to go. So let, let, let's see what happens here. Yeah, just a few. Good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love when we got the records going back to the early 1900s. Oh, yeah. All right. Game number two, Crowley. Drew Smiley and Michael Waka. Yep, I was there last night. They lost 5-3, to three, and some things I had written down really quick. Drew Smiley looking really good once again. Five innings pitch, four hits, two runs. Uh, they're both earned one walk and four Ks. He received a no decision, but he has a 154 ERA, four earned runs to 23 innings pitch in the last four starts, allowing two earned runs or fewer of them. He has a 217 ERA at Wrigley Field since the start of 2022, and him and the next guy we're going to talk about, Trey Mancini, everybody was getting ready to cut them after like two starts. And and it's just like, I, I know <laughs> I know we were all getting kind of frustrated and he didn't have a really good spring, but this is baseball, man. It's like wine. You got to let this sucker breathe a little bit. Let, let, let things kind of play out, not freak out about small sample sizes. Uh, same thing with Trey Mancini. He was two for four with a home run. Uh, he hit his third home run of the year to tie the game in the fourth. Uh, he's eight for his last 19, so, you know, with two home runs and four RBIs in his last six games. So let, let, let's, like I said, let's kind of, you know. He needed to do that, Crowley, so we could back yeah. up. I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I'm going to push back a little bit on what you said. Okay. I, I don't like the crowd. Uh, it's early. Uh, it's only April. Uh, it's not. It's not Memorial Day yet. Uh, you got to play 60 games to figure out what they are. Listen, every game counts. Every at-bat counts. They all matter. So there's, it's never too early, especially when you got guys that can do the job, supposedly, at the minor league level. I wasn't ready to cut Trey Mancini. I wanted Trey Mancini here. But I wanted the heat on Trey Mancini, and I think he's responding a little bit to that heat, not specifically the Dustin Rhodes heat, but there's a lot more than just Dustin Rhodes. I mean, Eric Hosmer as well. Hosmer finally has done a couple of things in the last couple of contests, right? But uh, right. And Hosmer would have been an easier cut if you were going to cut somebody. I'll tell you what, if Drew Smiley wasn't left-handed, I don't know that Drew Smiley would have had his place that he had in the, in the Cubs' plans this year. I, you know, I, I would disagree on that. I, I think they really like him. They like he like playing for them. And I think that again, you're go there's going to be a time where where Nico Horner is going to struggle, and it may be a two week stretch or something. These things happen, and and I I think that it's baseball is not a sport where you just sit there and you keep you know sending guys to the minor and not playing them because they're struggling. A lot of times you're going to try to let them hit their way and pitch their way out of it, and that's just the way that it goes. Right. I guess maybe that's the sports talk radio in me where every day. I'm reacting to what happens on the field, and it, you can't you can't turn on a microphone, Crowley, and say, "Eh, it's just one game. Eh, doesn't matter. Eh, let's give him another start. Three, one, two, six, forty-four, sixty-seven, sixty-seven. You know what's going to happen? <laughs> Nobody's going to call, Crowley. Nobody's going to text. Nobody's going to respond. So it, it, it is our job. Like we're reviewing the entire. Like we're previewing and recapping series, but on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, if I'm investing now, it's less. If I'm investing two and a half to three hours a night watching the Cubs, listening to the Cubs, I have the right after I after I've watched it to have a reaction to it. Right, absolutely, hundred percent. But again, in baseball, Patrick Wisdom a week and a half ago looked like the second coming of Babe Ruth. 
Sure. And now he's struggling. These these are just these are these are blips. Right. And, and, I, and I and I would praise him those days, and I'd give him a hard time the next. That's all. All right. Well, I mean, that's right. like we'll do a, we'll do a radio here. We'll do a here. Po, we'll do a podcast on the Cubs after the 60th game, and then Crowley and I'll give you all the thoughts we have on the first 60 games. That doesn't work. I hear you. I hear you. And a, and a guy that that doesn't have any heat on him. Nico kept that streak going. 21 games with an 21. RBI single in the fifth. Put the Cubs up three to two. He's had 11 RBIs in his last six games, and he's reached base safely in 22 of the 23 games he played. I will say I did have some frustrations with that loss. I thought they could have done better against Michael Walker. You know, Michael Walker is nothing anymore. He he got, you know, they got three runs on four hits, one walk and five Ks. And then Nick Martinez completely shut them down uh, after that, uh, able to get three innings. And he gave up three hits, no runs, two Ks. I thought Bob Melvin did a great job letting him work through the lineup one time. And on the flip side, I thought that Dave Ross was really quick to pull Alzali just to kind of let the readers kind of know what was going on in this situation. He comes in for Smiley. Uh, he gave up a double, quote-unquote, hashtag sarcastically to Manny Machado on a ball that <laughs> half lost in the lights. But then he gets out Xander Bogarts, Nelson Cruz, and Jake Cronworth to end the inning without a threat. Then in the seventh, Ha Sung Kim, who had a great game, he went two for three at the walk, two runs, and two stolen bases. He hits a weak single, like like, like it was a 70-mile-per-hour off the bat in front of Suzuki. And then Bob Melvin brings in a lefty, Trent Grisham, to pinch hit for Nola. Now, look, I know Alzali is not great against lefties, but this is Trent Grisham is not Bryce Harper. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not, he's on I'm the team because he's a lefty. I mean, every, everybody, these lefties are so damn lucky they're lefty, half of them. Right. So Ross pulls him, but here's the thing. Like the next three, four batters are all righties. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H track, all wheel drive and three row seating. My whole family can head deep into the wild, conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And so he pulls them for Brandon Hughes, and then here's the issue. If he either if he would have gotten even even if he would have gotten Brandon Hughes on, you would have had a runner at first, one out, and you would have had to face a bunch of righties, like Jose Asukar and Fernando Tatis Jr. Okay? But so I would have rather had left Hughes. I would have rather left Alzali in there. And then whatever happens to that batter, you know, then he has two more righties to face and he was looking really, really good. Instead, Brandon Hughes, who's supposed to get the lefty out, walks him. And now he has to face two more batters. Jose Azucar bunts to put runners at second and third. And Fernando Tatis, it's a single. And so, you know, now all of a sudden you got a tie game. And then, or I'm sorry, you, you, they now all of they a sudden the lead, yep. they took the lead. And then to make matters worse, Ross calls on Julian Merriweather with a 4-3 lead in the ninth to pitch with his 838 ERA. And then that combination of Kim and Tatis Jr. scratch out another run. It's 5-3, and the Cubs needed two runs instead of one to tie in the ninth. I just wasn't happy, and I that thought insurance, I that insurance run was that insurance run was huge. I totally agree with you, but this is what I'm talking about as far as like diagnosing and breaking down what we're seeing. Right? Um, he took out. I agree. He took out Azale too early, and then it was almost like he was genuflecting David Ross with Julian Merriweather. I, I like I said. I don't. I think 
you know, sometimes what managers will do when a guy's struggling like Merriweather is, is let them go into less high leverage situations. Right. No leverage there. Right. But it, it, you know, it, I think and, the players around the rest of the team feel like, all right, this one's over. We, we get, we're giving it away. To me, like a 4-3 game, Cubs have shown they've been able to come back numerous Absolutely times. Absolutely they have. And yes, they actually I had agree. what? They had the and, and they, they had, had two guys on. run. Yeah, right. at first base. So I think that was just kind of just some poor bullpen decisions. But, hey, you know, what do I know? But uh, so that evens a series at one. It takes us to game three, Hayden Wesnisky versus Seth Lugo. It's a couple key takeaways. The Cubs win the game five to two, and they, they take two of three from the Padres. Here's what I had written down here. I thought Wesnisky did not have his best stuff. He was kind of behind the hitters a lot, but I thought he grinded, man. I thought he grinded through that start. Five inning pitch, four hits, one run, one walk, three Ks, and one homer to Manny Mat- Machado, which I'm just going to tip the hat. You're not going to get mad giving up a homer to Manny Machado. You know what I mean? No. And before that game started, I had Pat and Ron on the radio, and they were they were predicting a high scoring game, setting that saying that any right handed hitter basically put the bat on the ball in the air and it was going to get out of there. So uh, kudos to everybody. You know, kudos to Wisniewski for what he did. Well, here's the thing though, and this is kind of goes back to my point from the other night. Last night, the wind was a crosswind, so it was blowing really hard in from right. But if you could kind of get it towards the scoreboard that on left field, especially if you're a righty, right? You get it up into that scoreboard. There was like a jet stream that you could hit. And Mancini's ball last night did that. He got it right in between the scoreboard and the foul pole, and it just took off. But even then, it pushes it left, and a couple of balls went left of the foul pole. And it was the same thing tonight, is that if you were a right, if you were a left-handed bat and you were trying to hit it to right field, the wind was crossing so much that it just pushed the balls down a lot. And that happened even more today. So, again, you get it in that jet stream to the left even today with the stronger wind, that's what you could do and you could see there. So, you know, uh, I love the fact in this game that the Cubs continue, you know, you had back-to-back jacks by Horner and Velasquez. So I thought that was great. But the other thing – Hosmer, Hosmer and Velasquez. Or Hosmer and Velasquez. And the other one that I thought was a really important thing is that they were able to add and tack on runs. Tucker Barnhart, they lucked out. This was a great play by Nick Magical. The center fielder, Trent Grisham, loses a ball in the sun. Two outs. Magical is running his butt off and scores on that. Great, great base running by Nick Magical. Not so great by Tucker Barnhart. He ended up at first. You know, he should have been at second on that. So just kind of to keep, but he's a catcher. We'll give him a break. Ian Happ added. <laughs> Ian Happ added on to that. And how about Dansby Swanson with his first home run of the season? Yes. After going 0 for 17, he hits a home run. So absolutely great job. And so I was I was happy that they added runs. I will put one thing that kind of irritates me a little bit: the bullpen. Too many walks today, man. You just can't do that. And like you were talking about, on a day when a wind is blowing out and you got a lead. You know, Pat loves to say, no lead is safe, right? No lead is safe, right? And you can't sit there. You got Michael Fulmer. He gave up a walk. You had Mark Leiter Jr. He gave up a walk. Keegan Thompson gave up a walk and a hit. So now you got two guys on base, right? Anything in the air to to left field, that's three runs right there. Boxberger gave up a walk. He was able to get a double play. But too many walks, especially when the wind's blowing out, you can't do that. Yeah. So the Cubs, Crowley, are now 14-10 and and uh, take another series – uh, you've got the standings up here on the screen and, uh, Cubs, uh, you know, a little over 500, almost 600 ball. Milwaukee keeps winning. And how about the red hot Pittsburgh pirates? 18 and eight, nine and one in their last 10 games. They were putting a beating on the Dodgers. 
Milwaukee, go take a look at their lineup. I invite people to take a look at their lineup and tell me how the hell they're doing this. I don't know. <laughs> and then, you know, Cincinnati is now on a three-game winning streak. They're starting to do a little bit better again. They're behind the Cubs at 10 and 15. But St. Louis, 9 and 16, they've lost seven out of their last 10. They're on a three-game losing streak, Dustin. I can't have but uh, giggle and smile on this. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're TV studio analysts warning people not to go into uh, – any tall buildings in St. Louis and uh, yeah, all kinds of craziness going on in uh, St. Louis. They sent their like best prospect that they had up. They sent him back down to the minors. The manager does not seem to have any control of the clubhouse. So uh, that is something that is very exciting to talk about. Absolutely. All right. A couple little injury uh, nuggets, Crawley. Yeah, we know. We knew that Cody Bellinger was going to be leaving soon. He was put on the paternity list on Tuesday and Nelson Velasquez was recalled from Iowa. So Nelly doing great again. He's doing the most with his opportunities. And then 670 to score an Odyssey Sports Baseball Insider. Bruce Levine was the first to report that Kyle Hendricks would be doing his rehab starts for Iowa. I thought it was going to be in a warmer climate. Not the case. And so he pitched today, actually. And our friend of the show, Alex Cohen, final line for Kyle Hendricks. One point two inning pitch, six hits, five earned runs, three Ks, one walk. Alex says the good news, fastball topped out at 89.3. He looks healthy. First outing for Hendricks in almost 10 months is going to be a process. It's what I've been saying all along. This He's not, I mean, give him time. He's going to need more time. And so, you know, that 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 to me right there, it, 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 this is going to be, he hasn't faced live batters in over a year. Yeah, it, this is something, this, this Crowley, I will agree with you. This is something that's going to take time, and they're doing it the right way. I did see Kyle Hendricks on the Marquee Network, a little video from him, and he's trying to stay positive. He's, he's not happy, but he said he was working on some certain things. Some certain things were working right for him, so he figures in three days he'll uh, be back out there for another rehab start. Yep, so we'll, we'll see, but we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on it, right? Absolutely. Definitely we'll keep an eye on it. We'll let the... Uh, the uh, listeners to this podcast know what's up. Uh, Jed Hoyer was on with uh, Parkins and Spiegel uh, earlier in the week talking about Matt Mervis and Christopher Morell. Yeah, for those of you that haven't been paying attention to the minors, I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous right now what those two guys are doing. Uh, right now, Christopher Morell is his uh, slash line right now is 321, 470. Or I'm sorry, 437-44. He has 10 home runs in 21 games. He literally is almost hitting a home run every other game. He's got seven doubles and a triple. Again, the strikeouts are still up there at 28, right? That that, that is a lot of strikeouts in 20 games, but very, very impressive. And then when you take a look at Matt Mervis, and that's the position, like I said, with Eric Hosmer that you can really kind of you scratch your chin and think about that this is someone that could help immediately and have every day at bats without having to juggle anything. You could literally have him either hitting, uh, playing first base or pinch hitting every day. But in 21 games for Matt Mervis, less home runs. He has seven home runs, 23 RBIs, four doubles, and he's slashing 294, 409, 591. Um, and he has 17 strikeouts, so almost 11 less than Christopher. But 
Um, you know, Jed was obviously asked about that and on the Parkins and Spiegel, this is what he had to say. And you can find all these interviews, whether it's the Mullion Hall, Parkins and Spiegel, whoever on the Odyssey app, which is where I got this from. What is the more uh, tempting button to button to borrow from your intro song to call up the red hot Christopher Morell for outfield depth or to call up the red hot Matt Mervis for lefty slugging? Which one tempts you more? I mean, they're great. They're both, uh, you know, good problems to have. And so, as you would say, like they're both uh, playing exceptionally well. They're both really good players. They're both going to impact the Cubs a lot this summer. And, you know, certainly, like I said, we're obviously paying attention to what's going on there. Um, and, you know, I think both those guys know they're going to, they're going to get their shot. Uh, we want to make sure that when they get their shot, they're ready and they're playing every day. And um, like I said, I, it's great to have, those discussions, right? We have a number of guys playing really well in the minors. And I think those are the discussions you want to have, because like I said, we're going to need them. Things are going to happen. You know, when Italian went on the IL, you know, you, you need people to, to step up and, and perform when say it was on the IL, we had to get through that period. And we're going to have a lot more situations like that. And we just need to be able to, to withstand that because it's never an excuse, right? It's part of the, it's part of the game. And, you know, right now Cody's out for a couple of days, on the paternity list and um, you know, we expect Nelly to step, step in really well and, and play well. And that's what you have to expect to be a good team. You have to expect the guys you call off to play really well. And Velasquez has played really well. I thought that they maybe could have given Christopher Morell a little carrot, if you will, because of how well he's been playing, but Hey, they pick Velasquez again and he has been delivering. And Dustin, you know how angry I was that Velasquez didn't break with the team. That right. was as far instead of Master Buani. So you know, Jed, Jed again, he he made it very clear he wants these guys playing every day and having every day at bats. And to me, Matt Mervis is the guy that fits that description that can come up and you don't have to juggle anything. You don't have to give days off to anybody. He literally can be there day one. If you cut Hosmer, no big loss. And then eventually, if you wanted to, let's say Mervis starts struggling and you want to bring him down, you can have wisdom, you know, kind of go back and forth playing first. And you could have Morell at third if Morell's still being hot. There's a lot you can do. But right now, today, Matt Mervis can be up here and you wouldn't have to, it would, you, you would be a better team for it and you wouldn't have to juggle or play around with anything. A little sad news coming out of uh, an establishment that we've all bent an elbow at uh, Murphy's bleachers lost one of their own. Yeah. Beth Murphy, uh, Beth Murphy, the beloved owner of Murphy's bleachers passed away after a long battle with cancer. Her and her husband, Jim bought the bar from Ray Myers who uh, owned the bar from 65 to 1980 uh, Ernie, actually, not Ernie Banks, but a different Ernie owned it before then. But Murphy's was the home for many of the Cubs players and fans alike, especially, obviously, in the 80s and 90s. It was huge. Um, she was a big part of the Lakeview neighborhood. She always stood up for the small businesses, and she will be missed. Our thoughts and prayers are with her family and the workers at Murphy's Bleachers. And we do ha they, do have, um, they do have a banner up there now today that wasn't there yesterday that's up that Paul Sullivan tweeted out earlier. Yeah, I also saw a picture. Thought it was nice that uh, inside of Wrigley Field they paid tribute to Beth Murphy, even though uh, Beth and and Tom Ricketts and stuff didn't always get along with rooftops and all that kind of stuff. Yep, she was one of a kind, and she will be missed. Absolutely.